0: Chapter Seven of the Mysteries of Paris, Volume Four by Eugene Sue. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A lodging house. The Passage de la Brasserie, a dark street, narrow and but little known, although situated in the centre of Paris, runs at one end into the Rue Traversière Saint Honoré, and at the other into the Cour Saint Guillaume. Towards the middle of this damp thoroughfare, muddy, dark, and unwholesome, and where the sun but rarely penetrates. There was a furnished house commonly called a garni a lodging-house in consequence of the low price of the apartments on a miserable piece of paper might be read chambers and small rooms furnished to the right hand in a dark alley was the door of a store but less obscure in which constantly resided the principal tenant of this garni father micou was ostensibly a dealer in old metal marine stores but secretly purchased and received stolen metal iron lead brass and tin when we mention that father micou was connected in business and friendship with the martial family we give a tolerable idea of his morality the tie that binds the sort of affiliation the mysterious communion which connects the malefactors of paris is at once curious and fearful the common prisons are the great centres whence flow and to which reflow incessantly those waves of corruption which gradually gain on the capital and leave there such pernicious waves and strays father micou was a stout man about fifty years of age with a mean and cunning countenance a mulberry nose and wine-flushed cheeks he wore a fur cap and an old green long-skirted coat over his small stove near which he was standing there was a board fastened to the wall and bearing a row of figures to which were affixed the keys of the chambers of the absent lodgers the panes of the glass in the door which opened on the street were so painted that from the outside no one could see what was going on within the whole of this extensive store was very dark from the damp walls there hung rusty chains of all sizes and the floor was strewed with iron and other metals three blows struck at the door in a particular way attracted the attention of the landlord huckster receiver come in he cried it was nicolas the son of the felon's widow he was very pale his features looked even more evil than they did on the previous evening and yet he feigned a kind of over gaiety during the following conversation this scene takes place on the day after his quarrel with martial ah tis you my fine fellow said micou cordially yes father micou i have come to see you on a trifle of business then shut the door shut the door my dog and cart are there outside with the stuff what do you bring me double tripe sheet-lead no father Miku. what is it scrapings but no you're too downy now you've left off work perhaps it is a bit of hard iron no daddy Miku, it's some flap sheet-copper there must be at least a hundred and fifty pounds weight as much as my dog could stagger along with go and fetch the flap and let's weigh it you must lend a hand daddy for i've hurt my arm and at the recollection of his contest with his brother Martial, the ruffian's features expressed at once the resentment of hatred and savage joy as if his vengeance were already satisfied what's the matter with your arm my man nothing only a sprain you must heat an iron in the fire and plunge it red-hot into the water then put your arm in the water as hot as you can bear it it is an iron dealer's remedy but none the worse for that thank ye father Miku. go and fetch the flap and i'll come and help you idle bones at twice the copper was brought out of the cart drawn by an enormous dog and conveyed into the shop the cart of yours is a good idea said the worthy Miku, as he adjusted the wooden frames of an enormous pair of scales that hung from a beam in the ceiling yes when i've anything to bring i put my dog and card into the punt and harness them as we come along a hackney-coach might perhaps tell a tale but my dog never chatters and they're all pretty well at home eh inquired the receiver weighing the copper mother and sister both pretty bobbish yes father micou and the little ones. yes the little uns too and your nephew andre where is he don't mention him he was out on a spree yesterday Barbillon and Grosboiteux brought him back this morning. He is out for a walk now towards the general post office in the Rue Saint-Jacques Rousseau. And your brother Martial—is he just such a Roman as ever? Ma foi, I don't know. Don't know. No," replied Nicolas, assuming an indifferent air. We have seen nothing of him for the last two days. Perhaps he's gone poaching in the woods again, unless his boat, which was very, very old, has sunk in the river with him in it at which you would not be dreadfully affected you bad lot for you can't bear your brother i know true we have strange likes and dislikes how many pounds of metal do you make you're right to a hair just a hundred and fifty pounds my lad and you owe me just thirty francs thirty francs when copper is twenty sous a pound thirty francs say thirty-five francs and there's an end of the matter or go to the devil with you you and your copper and your dog and your cart but father micou you are really chiseling me down that's not the right thing by no means if you'll tell me how you came by your copper i'll give you fifteen sous a pound for it that's the old strain you are all alike a regular lot of cheats how can you bear to do your friends in this way but that's not all if i swap with you for some things you ought to give me good measure To a hair's turn, what do you want chains and hooks for your punts no i want four or five sheets of stout iron as if to line shutters with i've just the thing a quarter of an inch thick a pistol ball wouldn't go through it just what i want what size why altogether about seven or eight feet square good and what else three bars of iron from three to four feet long and two inches square i have just broken up an iron wicket nothing can be better for you what next two strong hinges and a latch so that i can open or shut an opening two feet square when i wish a trap you mean no a valve i don't understand what you can want with a valve never you mind i know what i want that's all right you have only to choose there's a heap of hinges what's the next thing that's all and not much either get it all ready father Miku, and i'll take it as i come back for i've got some other places to call at with your cart why you dog i saw a bundle underneath what's some little trifle you have taken from the world's wardrobe ah you sly rogue just as you say father Miku, but you don't deal in such things don't keep me waiting for the iron goods for i must be back at the island before noon it'll be ready it is only eight and if you are not going far come back in an hour and you shall find everything prepared money and goods won't you take a drain thank ye i won't say no for i think you owe it me father micou took from an old closet a bottle of brandy a cracked glass and a cup without a handle and filled them here's to you daddy micou and to you likewise my boy and the ladies at home thank ye and the lodging-house goes on well eh middling middling i have always some lodgers for whom i am always fearing a visit from the commissary but they pay me in proportion how do you mean why are you stupid i sometimes lodge as i buy and don't ask them for their passport any more than i ask you for your bill of parcels good but to them you let as dear as you have bought cheaply of me i must look out i have a cousin who has a handsome furnished house in the rue saint-honore his wife is a milliner in a large way and employs perhaps twenty needlewomen either in the house or having the work at home i say old boy i dare say there's some pretty uns among em i believe you there's two or three that i have seen bring home work sometimes my eyes ain't they pretty though one little one in particular who works at home and is always a-laughing and they calls her oh my pippin what a pity one ain't twenty years old all over again halloa daddy how are you going it oh it's all right my boy all right walker old boy and you say your cousin does uncommon well with his house and as it is the same number as that of the little rigolette what again oh it's all right and proper walker he won't have any lodgers but those who have passports and papers but if any come who haven't 'em, he sends me those customers and they pays accordingly in course but they are all in our line who haven't got their regular papers by no manner of means why very lately my cousin sent me a customer devil burn me if i can make him out another drain just one the liquor's good here's t a again daddy Miko, here's to you again my covey i was saying that the other day my cousin sent me a customer whom i can't make out imagine a mother and daughter who looked very queer and uncommon seedy they had their whole kit and a pocket-handkerchief well there weren't much to be expected out of this for they had no papers and they lodged by the fortnight yet since they've been here they haven't moved any more than a dormouse no men come to see them and yet they're not bad-looking if they weren't so thin and pale particularly the daughter about sixteen with such a pair of black eyes oh such eyes hello dad you're off again what do these women do i tell you i don't know they must be respectable and yet as they receive letters without any address it looks queer what do you mean They said this morning my nephew André to the poste restante to inquire for a letter addressed to Madame X. Z. The letter was expected from Normandy from a town called Aubier. They wrote that down on paper so that André might get the letter by giving these particulars. You see, it does not look quite the thing for the woman to take the name of X and Z. And yet they never have any male visitors. They won't pay you. Oh, my fine fellow, they don't catch an old bird like me with chaff. They took a room without a fireplace, and I made them pay the twenty francs down for the fortnight. They are perhaps ill, for they have not been down for the last two days. It is not indigestion that ails them, for I don't think they have cooked anything since they came here. If you had all such customers, Father Micou Oh, they go and come. If I lodge people without passports, why, I also have different people. I have now two travelling gents a postman, the leader of the band at the Cafe des Aveugles, and a lady of fortune almost respectable persons such as save the reputation of a house if the commissary is inclined to look a little too closely into things they are not night lodgers but tenants of the broad sunshine when it comes into your alley father micou you're a wag another drain yes just one more well it must be my last for then i must cut by the way doesn't robin the gros boiteux lodge here still yes upstairs on the same landing as the mother and daughter he's pretty nearly run through his money he earned in jail i say mind your eye he's outlawed i know it but i can't get rid of him i think he's got something in hand for a little tortillard came here the other night along with barbillon i'm afraid he'll do something to my lodgers so when his fortnight is up i shall bundle him telling him his room is taken for an ambassador or the husband of Madame Saint Ildefonce, my independent lady, an independent lady, I believe you. Three rooms and a cabinet in the front, nothing less, newly furnished to say nothing of an attic for her servant, eighty francs a month, and paid in advance by her uncle to whom she gives one of her spare rooms when he comes up from the country. But I believe his country house is about the rue Vivienne or the rue Saint Honore ay twig she's independent because the old fellow pays hush here's her maid a middle-aged woman wearing a white apron of very doubtful cleanliness entered the dealer's warehouse what can i do for you madame Charles? father micou is your nephew within he has gone to the post-office but i expect him in immediately Monsieur bedinot wishes him to take this letter to its address instantly there's no answer but it is in great haste in a quarter of an hour he will be on his way thither madam he must make great haste he shall be assured the servant went away is she the maid of one of your lodgers father she is the bonne of my independent lady madame saint-hildefonce but monsieur Bedinot is her uncle he came from the country yesterday said the respectable micou who was looking at the letter and then added reading the address look now what grand acquaintances why i told you they were high folks he writes to a viscount oh bah see here then to monsieur the vicomte de saint-remy rue de chaillot in great haste private i hope when we lodge independent persons who have uncles who write to viscounts we may allow some few of our other lodgers higher up in the house to be without passports eh i believe you well then father micou we shall soon be back i shall fasten my dog and cart to your door and carry what i have so be ready with the goods and the money so that i may cut at once i'll be ready four good iron plates each two feet square three bars of iron two feet long and two hinges for your valve this valve seems very odd to me but it's no affair of mine is that all yes and my money oh you shall have your money but now i look at you in the light now i get a good view of you well i don't know but you seem as if something was the matter i do yes oh nonsense if anything ails me it is that i'm hungry you're hungry like enough but it rather looks as if you wanted to appear very lively whilst all the while there's something that worries you and it must be something for it ain't a trifle that puts you out i tell you you're mistaken father micou said Nicolas shuddering why you quite tremble it's my arm that pains me well don't forget my prescription that will cure you thank you i'll soon be back and the ruffian went on his way the receiver after having concealed the lumps of copper behind his counter occupied himself in collecting the various things which Nicolas had requested when another individual entered his shop It was a man about fifty years of age, with a keen, sagacious face, a thick pair of grey whiskers, and gold spectacles. He was extremely well dressed. The wide sleeves of his brown peletot, with black velvet cuffs, showing his hands covered with thin coloured kid gloves, and his boots bore evidence of having been on the previous evening highly polished. It was Monsieur Badinot, the independent lady's uncle, that Madame Saint-Hildephonse, whose special position formed the pride and security of Pere Micou the reader may perchance recollect that m badineau the former attorney struck off that respectable list then a chevalier d'industrie and agent in equivocal matters was the spy of baron de Grone and had given that diplomatist many and very precise particulars as to many personages connected with this tale madame charles has just given you a letter to send said m badineau to the dealer in etc yes sir my nephew i expect every moment and he shall go directly no, give me the letter again. I have changed my mind. I shall go myself to the Comte de Saint-Remy, said Monsieur Badineau, pronouncing this aristocratic name very emphatically and with much importance. Here's the letter, sir. Have you any other commission? No, Pere Micou, said Monsieur Badineau with a protecting air. But I have something to scold you about. Me, sir? Very much indeed. About what, sir? Why, Madame de Saint-Elephonse pays very expensively for your first floor. My niece is a lodger to whom the greatest respect ought to be paid. She came highly recommended to your house, and having a great aversion to the noise of carriages, she hoped she should be here as if she were in the country. So she is. It is quite like a village here. You ought to know, sir, you who live in the country. This is a real village. A village? Very like, indeed. Why, there is always such an infernal din in the house. Still, it is impossible to find a quieter house above the lady. There is the leader of the band at the cafe des aveugles and a gentleman traveller over that. Another traveller over that. I am not alluding to those persons, they are very quiet and appear very respectable. My niece has no fault to find with them. But in the fourth, there is a stout lame man whom Madame de Saint-Ildefonse met yesterday tipsy on the stairs. He was shrieking like a savage. And she nearly had a fit she was so much alarmed if you think that with such lodgers your house resembles a village sir i assure you i only wait the opportunity to turn this stout lame man out of doors he has paid his last fortnight in advance otherwise i should already have turned him out you should not have taken in such a lodger but except him i hope madame has nothing to complain of there is a twopenny postman who is a cream of honest fellows and overhead beside the chamber of the stout lame man a lady and daughter who do not move any more than dormice i repeat madame de st de only complains of this stout lame man who is the nightmare of the house and i warn you that if you keep such a fellow in your house you will find all your respectable lodgers leave you i will send him away you may be assured i have no wish to keep him you will only do what's right for else your house will be forsaken. Which will not answer my purpose at all. So, sir, consider the stout lame as gone, for he has only four more days to stay here. Which is four days too many, but it is your affair. At the first outbreak, my niece leaves your house. Be assured, sir. It is all for your own interest, and look to it, for I am not a man of many words, said Monsieur Badinot with a patronizing air, and he went out. Need we say that this female and her young daughter, who lived so lonely, were the two victims of the notary's cupidity? We will now conduct the reader to the miserable retreat in which they lived. End of chapter seven Read by Celine Major.